Well, hello, friends. Welcome to Grace Radio. This is Pastor Frank uh, with my partner, Ray, and we just look forward to being together every week. And we'd love to share some thoughts with our audience, share things that are going on, and sharing things from our own perspective. The thing we like to remember most of all, you'd like to keep it in mind, and if anybody should ever ask you, uh, what what does Frank and Ray talk about? Just tell them that the thing that means most of all to us is who God is and God's love. And God's love is shown to us at the cross where Jesus died for our sin on the cross. I wonder if you know that. I wonder who may be listening right now that haven't really thought of a personal encounter or personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. But the point is, God is very, very personal. He knows us by name, which is something we've been talking about. We've been talking about Moses from the Old Testament Bible, and we've talked and have been talking about a personal relationship that God has with Moses at that time in the Old Testament. But did you know that God is personal with you as well? He knows all about you. He knows the past, the present, and the future. And if you want assurance about God's love, forgiveness, and a place where you'll know forgiveness and a place called heaven, God has all of those things for you to think about. And you may say, well, how do I know that? Well, that's why you need to know the Bible, because the Bible makes it clear that it is that way. Jesus came into the earth. He came right here to visit us on the planet that he created. And he wants us to know how much he loves us. He showed us how much he loves us when he gave himself as a sacrifice on the old rugged cross of Calvary. It's just like the Bible says, that God manifested his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So he loves you. He died for you. He gave his life for you. He paid the price for your sins. He was judged on the cross in your place. Have you thought about that? Did you know that? Well, I'd like you to know it. We often talk about it because we believe here on this broadcast that the most important thing of all to share with with people that we know and love and people that we do not know how much God loves them, how that Jesus came into the world to show his love by giving his life for us on the old rugged cross. So we have been lately talking about Moses and how God called Moses and God was very personal with Moses and God appointed Moses to deliver Israel from Pharaoh and the Egyptians who were in slavery. So God called Moses to be used of Moses 
to go directly to Pharaoh and speak with him. But you know, as I was sharing just before we uh, went on the air here to share with you, I was thinking to share with Ray and see if he's thought about it. I, I, I know that he knows what I'm talking about, but I'd like you to know what I'm talking about. And I hope, in fact, I know that Ray would be able to add some things uh, Tell me some things that I need to know about what God did in his personal encounter with Moses. Which, by the way, have you had a personal encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ? Well, maybe you haven't, but we will talk about some of these things. And then you will begin to understand what I mean by God being so personal about us. And for you, he knows you by name. And speaking of that, as we have been reading out of Exodus in the Old Testament, how God raised up Moses to go to Pharaoh, the Egyptians that were holding all the Israelites in slavery. And look at this story in Exodus 3, friends, if you have a Bible or if you'd like to take notes on some of these things. God actually approached Moses on a very personal level, even by name. God approaching Moses said, Moses, Moses. That was the beginning of a personal relationship between God and Moses. Not only here in this chapter of Exodus, but in other places, God had a personal encounter with Moses in different ways. What I wanted to bring to your attention today, which has come to my mind, is drifting away a little bit from what we have been talking about regarding Moses and Pharaoh and the Israelites. Here's the thing I would like to bring to your attention. When God called Moses and heard from, and Moses heard from God, very personally. God spoke to Moses in a very personal way, and that's what I'm trying to highlight here, is that God knows us all by name. He knows all about you. He knows all about me. He knows when we were born into this world, and he knows the good times, the bad times, what we've gone through in life. He knows everything about us, and he loves us. Even when life is a very difficult time for some of us going through trials, difficult times, even then God is with us and loves us. What I do want to bring to our attention here along with Ray as the Holy Spirit would lead us into some of this conversation I wanted to bring up, Ray, and you might um, think of things about this. I know you would, as a matter of fact, thinking about God's personal, the personal relationship that Jesus and God the Father would have with us here on this planet. He cares about everything about us. He knows us. Here's my point that I wanted to bring up, Ray, about this, is 
how many times we find that to be very true in the Old Testament. God appeared in a theophany. We spoke about that, how that Jesus appeared out of the burning bush. He didn't appear visibly. It was his voice, and that's what we spoke about recently, a theophany. That means Jesus revealing himself even in the Old Testament, before the cross, before we knew before we knew much about God and the Lord Jesus Christ, God was already having a personal relationship with us, all of us. The point is, in many ways, we don't know it. Sometimes we don't even think about God caring enough about us to even share something personal with us. But he is a very personal Savior. And he was very personal in going to a cross to die for your sins and mine. But what I wanted to bring up, Ray, and see what you think about it. When we think of some of the heroes of the Bible and heroes of the Old Testament days, we sometimes think of some of them as being very strong, very strong-willed, doing wonderful, brave things. But have you realized, Ray, and some of our listeners, I wonder if they realize that God used many broken people. God used broken people, people who do not necessarily think highly of themselves. Uh, They may not be strong from a human point of view, But God called people who were weak. God called people that were going through things in life that were not easy to come by. And a good example of that is what we've been talking about, Moses. Moses confessed that he wasn't worth anything. God, Moses said to God, who am I? Who am I, Lord, that you should send me to speak to Pharaoh. Moses gave that example of what it means to be weak in ourselves. But I think one point about this is that although Moses was weak and he didn't believe that he could do what God wanted him to do, but the point is that God used him anyway. Now, I've, I think many Christians may have that feeling about themselves many times. We could be like Moses, who would be a great man serving God, but who didn't think he could be or would be. He was too weak-willed. He said things like, I, I can't speak well. I, uh, well, he just, well you, you could probably think of some of these people Besides even Moses, besides Moses, there are other many Old Testament people who were broken people. I think that's a good way to describe them, broken people. It's not that they were strong and had using all their muscles to conquer the world and had that kind of an attitude. Well, some had that way about themselves in different places in the Old Testament, but many that we are familiar with we're not that way. 
Moses was humble. He was a fugitive. He was on the run. He was an escaped convict. And Pharaoh and Pharaoh's men wanted to get Moses. They wanted to kill him because Moses killed one of the gods who were in charge of the Jewish men, people who were slaves at that time. And so when we think of this story, how God approached Moses, you're not going to be hearing from Moses how strong and like he's a superman and, yes, God, you call me. I can do anything you want me to do. I can do this. I can take care of Pharaoh. I'll I'll show him a thing to do. He can't come against my God. He wasn't like that at all. Was there anything about Moses, Ray, that you would think of along that line of a broken person serving God not with strength but with weakness, with brokenness? Isn't that kind of... It's not something we normally would think of. If you wanted to go see a movie like Superman or Spider-Man, you would think of someone who was very strong, strong-willed and set out to do the right thing and beat the bad guys. That's what we would expect. But when you look into the Bible and you start to read about these characters that God wants to use in the Bible, we find out they were broken people, many of them. They were weak. They were humble. And they made many mistakes in their experience. They weren't the hero kind of people from a natural point of view, but yet at the same time, God used them in a mighty way. Now, there are other people besides Moses that are like that. Think think about Peter. Think about the Apostle Paul. Think about David um, in the Old Testament and how he sinned greatly. All of these men failed in their experience with God. Now, first of all, does that mean, Ray, that we all have to be broken and weak like that? What's behind all of this? What would be the purpose of that? Why would God want to call a weak person? What, how does God use a person like that? And, and does he? Would he want to? Did God plan it that way? I would say yes. I would say by those, Ray, who have been used greatly of God were men, I'm speaking mostly of men in the Old Testament, they were very weak. They were broken. They made a lot of mistakes. But look at how God used them in such a mighty way. And does that mean that even though I may be weak or you could be weak, Does that mean that God could use us in a miraculous way? Even if we don't think we have anything to give, can God use us anyway? He did with Moses. What do you think about that? Do you have any thoughts on that, Ray, how that works? Well, I think, Pastor, that you're absolutely right. A number, a greater number of these characters in the Old Bible, in the Old Testament, Mm -hmm were indeed weak people that God used. Yes. But there was also some very strong people that God used. 
Yes. And I think that, you know, God can use you whether you're weak, strong, or whatever, a man, woman, or anything else. God will pick out his individual. It, let's take the Apostle Paul. Right. There was nothing weak about him. He was a bulldog. That's right. Against Christianity. That's right. And that's what God needed to further Christianity was a bulldog like Paul. Once he, once he believed, once on the road to Damascus that Jesus it, it, uh, made himself uh, aware, made Paul aware of Jesus was indeed the Lord. Yes. Boy, there was no stopping Paul from here on in. That's he right. Was, he was not weak. He was strong. In fact, some theologians and stuff would probably say he was even a little too strong. I don't. Okay. But he was he was very strong. He was strong before. He was strong when Jesus met him, and he was strong after he believed. Abraham mm-hmm. was another one in the Old Testament. That's right. I believe he was a very strong man who believed very much what God was indeed telling him. It's like when uh, Abraham took Isaac up on uh, the mountain there and was yeah. going to slay him. That's right. He told his uh, cattle bearer there, uh, his horse bearer or whatever, yeah. hey, we will, we, we will be back. Okay. So he knew that the Lord was not, was kind of like testing him. Yes. That he was not going to allow him to kill Isaac. That's right. But uh, how about this for a point that relates to what you're saying, Ray? Is um, Abraham, uh, no, the Apostle Paul, as you spoke about Paul being a, uh, you know, he was very strong in the sense of hating true godly people. Mm-hmm. So he would arrest them and put them in jung- uh, in prisons or whatever. Uh, but Paul was first made weak, though, on the road to Damascus, and he lost his sight, remember, for a couple of few days? Oh, sure. So Paul was greatly weakened, and then God raised him up. Mm-hmm. It's not like, okay, uh, God coming to Paul and saying, you know, you're strong, and uh, you can do a lot of things on your own strength. But I don't want you to be functioning and serving me on your own strength. So I'm going to make you feel very weak. You're going you're gonna to go blind for a few days. And so on. That's a little bit of the story of uh, the Apostle Paul. But the point is there as well. Sometimes if we are strong in our humanness, in our own strength, we feel we're doing pretty well, sometimes we, God will allow us to go through things in our life that will break us down and make us weak. But I think the reason for that, Ray, is that God wants, uh, wants his people to recognize their weakness because without God, without him, we can't do anything right. So God allows us to be broken, weakened. God will even use others, men, who have failed greatly. 
as we know with the Apostle Peter, for example. So I think that's a point, too. I don't think God will depend upon our strength to win the victory. God is going to rely on his strength using us people that he calls by name, as he did with Moses. Moses, Moses. And then Moses would say to God, I can't go to Pharaoh. I can't speak well. He had no confidence in himself. He was weak. He was broken. After all, he went through a lot of negative things. He was a fugitive. And God had again his attention at a burning bush. God wanted to teach Moses what he wanted him to do. Isn't that, uh, you know, you have another example of an Old Testament person, perhaps, Ray, that would be a good illustration for us about being broken and weak? No, I think that uh, that God did use Paul. Uh, well, it was Saul that yeah, he yeah. was indeed. He used his, the character of Saul, yes, which was very tough. Okay. And I do believe that he used that character through his own initiative to indeed instruct Paul but I think that Paul had that characteristic about him that God could use. Now, that's... You're right about that. I don't think that differs from what you're saying. No, I, I think that... I, I really right. don't. He had... Paul had that characteristic that he was indeed, once he believed something, mm-hmm. he was going to go full strong with it. That's right. Well, he believed that Christianity was not good, right? and he went full strong with it. And I think that God saw that characteristic in Paul, and when he revealed himself to Paul, that he did indeed use Paul's character to indeed bring Christianity into the world because he knew that Paul was not the type that would ever back down even though... God was with him. That's right. Okay. No, that's good. That's a great way. You, I'm glad you brought that out. Um, Paul, in the way that Paul was created by God, mm-hmm. he had a very strong will. Yep. And we see that before Paul was converted into being a Christian, he was strong arresting people. He didn't have any problem um, doing bad things to God's people because he had that natural inbuilt way about himself. But at the same time, and I know we're agreeing with one another here, at the same time he had to get broken down in how to live his life as a servant of God Mm -hmm. rather than on his own strength doing what he wanted to do by hurting people. That's right. God just used his character, That's his right. God-given character, uh, uh-huh. to propagate his his feelings. Yeah, that's right. But if if we wanted to give examples of other people used mightily of God, we, we would feel differently about the Apostle Peter, wouldn't we? I mean, isn't that a different story? Peter was... Uh, yeah, but Peter, Peter in his own way... 
was very strong, but he he just he was like me. He was a complete failure. Right. Okay. But he was he was strong in his own in his own way. He was strong, yeah. but he had this humanistic yeah. side of him that uh, you know. But after mm-hmm. after uh, Jesus came to Paul after he died. Yeah. There was no backing down. Uh, Peter was not a man to back down. He he, he was. Well, that's right. That was God's man now. That's right. But uh, that was uh, that's sort of like a conversion point. That's right. Of it, where Peter was. I mean, Peter in his humanness, without God behind him, was so weak mm-hmm. and cowardly that, as we know, he denied the Lord uh, three times. Um, when Jesus was arrested, Peter didn't want to admit to anybody that he followed Jesus. Now, Paul wasn't like that at all because he was made different than Peter was. So mm-hmm. that's when we get into different that's right. temperaments of how mm-hmm. people are. But in their own way, they were weak in different ways. Yes, uh, Peter was very weak. But like I say... Uh, when he came around, when Jesus came around after he died and spoke with Peter, yes. boy, you want to talk about somebody who was strong. I think that sometimes we we misrepresent Peter. I yes. think Peter was a lot better apostle than what we consider or what we're being taught. I think he was a very strong apostle once he come to realize that Jesus was definitely the Son of God. That's right. Then there was no stopping. That's right. Once Peter knew Jesus in a personal way, then he was strong, and and he could do anything. He he wouldn't just say, I'll die for you, Lord, but he literally did die for you. But I'm also, just to change the subject a little bit, Pastor, Yeah. because we don't know what we're talking about before we get on here. That's true. We really don't. Yeah. But Peter, no, I just lost my train of thought. Can you believe that? Boy, talk about age. Well, you know, when you you turn 39, you begin to lose your memory a little bit. (laughs) But anyway, uh, Peter, when he was indeed before the death of Jesus, yeah, before the death of Jesus, yeah. Would we, he, these apostles thought that Jesus was going to come and take over the world. The Messiah was going to come and take over the world. That's what they were taught. They misrepresented the Old Testament. Yes. That, you know, the Messiah was going to come. They thought he was going to come and take over the world. Right, Right. Well, now he's seeing Jesus being crucified yes being beaten yes being spit on yes and everything else in his own way he's saying that gee it's i got some doubts here about jesus that's right because of what he has been taught and yeah. i'm wondering if we wouldn't do the same do the same thing that's right you know that's right but once we found out that yeah. yes Jesus is the Son of God. Then don't 
don't come near me with anything because right. I'm not backing down from nothing. That's right. That's exactly how that experience was for Peter and other people. I think that's yeah. that's a humanistic side of things because right. what they've been taught was wrong. Yes. Uh, the, the Pharisees, the scribes, the Sadducees, the Sanhedrins, all these Jewish people, they misinterpreted the Old Testament when it came to the Messiah. That's right. Because they thought he was going to come and immediately take over the world and everything was going to be fine. Well, that's not the way that it happened. No. So I understand Peter at the barrel there with the fire and those people asking him, well, wasn't you with them and wasn't you yeah, with them right. three times? He, I understand where Peter was coming from. Yeah, he's, yeah. I would have. Maybe we all would have done the same thing. Exactly right. I mean, here's his savior. Here's the God he's following, and yet he's beat up and he's whipped and he's going to go to a cross and be tortured. Peter would have run away from that. There's no winning on that one. This is what I'm saying because of what he was taught. That's right. He was taught that, you know, from all these. Uh, fake Pharisees and stuff. And I call the Pharisees a bunch of fakes because they were. Yes. I mean, you know, the yeah. Pharisees and the Sadducees and stuff like that, they yes. they were a bunch of, well, Jesus named them himself. He said, you're not following God's law. You're following the traditions of your father. Yeah, that's right. They were just mis misrepresenting the whole, uh, you know, Old right. Testament. They just right. didn't understand it. Right. Well, I, I, I guess one of the bottom line issues in how to understand this is that without Jesus as our Savior, without having a personal relationship with our God, we would be kind of cowardly because we don't have the assurance of his love for us because there are many people who don't understand the message of the cross. Mm -hmm. and And so... Being that way, uh, we can't serve God with assurance. We can't go out there and share the gospel with people because we're afraid. Uh, we, there's no assurance there that this will work for me. I don't think I could do that. That's the feelings that we can come up with when we, when we don't realize who Jesus is. But, Pastor, the people that don't realize what really took place upon the cross— are Christians. That's right. They That's don't... Right. Uh, please, yeah. I'm not... Don't, don't get me wrong yeah. uh, in what I'm saying, but a lot of Christians don't understand what took place on the cross. They, so you're talking about Christians today. In this Christians day today like. don't understand what took place on the cross. You're right. It's like we were just talking about Peter. They, he yeah. didn't understand what the Old Testament was saying. That's right. Even though he was a follower of Jesus. He walked with Jesus. That's right. And, but he still didn't understand it. And I think that a lot of Christians today still don't understand the cross. That's right. There's such a wrong way about understanding it. They, many people, even today, can say, why did poor Jesus, that poor man, he was a good man, he didn't do anything wrong, why did they have to treat him like that and kill him? Mm -hmm. Well, that, that's, that's without any concept at all of who Jesus is. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, that's, it, You know, we've said it before, but it wasn't the Jews, it wasn't the Romans, it wasn't anybody 
who killed Jesus. No. God killed Jesus. That's, that's who right. who killed Jesus. Right. When he, that's right. God allowed that. He knew how it would go. But many people don't even think that Jesus had to die for our sins on the cross. They just think that was a very sad outcome for Jesus who left a great example. No, no. It was a plan that he would suffer and die on the cross. Well, it's like you would say, talking about the love of the cross. Yeah. Can you imagine the love that God must have for us if he was willing to do that to himself? Because Jesus yeah. is God. He gave up himself. He gave up himself just for the love yeah. of a bunch of mutton heads like us. That's right. Um, yeah, so <laughs> we can go so deep into that fact that as sinful as we are, having a fallen nature, we've sinned against God, every one of us. The Bible says all have sinned. Um, we haven't been godly people, but we can be once we invite Jesus Christ into our life. God can change us and make us better people, godly-type people, because he changes the lives of people who come to Jesus and receive him and accept him as their personal Lord and Savior. And that's when we want to do right. And he does do it. That's right. He does change our lives. Yes. Well, look at Peter. He, he failed his Lord. Um, he 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 had denied the Lord three times. He, he came across as very cowardly, even though he could see the miracles that Jesus did. Peter turned his back on his Savior until the time when God opened his eyes to the truth. Peter's life was so transformed; he would be very strong instead of very weak, and he would, he would be a servant, like unbelievable, who willingly gave up his life on the earth because he loved Jesus because of what Jesus did for him. And I think we have to understand how that works even in our own life. Maybe in ourselves, many times, we don't think too well of ourselves, and we may feel too weak, to be able to think of even serving God. Um, but once we find out how much God loves us, and Jesus Christ, being God the Son, shows us his love in how he died in our place on the cross, being punished for the sins we've committed. Once we begin to understand that, and I believe only the Spirit of God can open our eyes to understand that. But that's when lives change. You can think back in your life, as I can as well, and I can see how much my life has been changed. I didn't do it. God did it. And the same with you, Ray, and for people who come to Christ and receive Christ as Savior, life is changed. And that's the wonderful thing to know that being a Christian, and Christianity is not man's religion. It's not us doing something for God that would please him. 
The true story is it's what God did for us to love us that would make all the difference in the world. We can't do it. God does it all. And that's why I thought of, we only mentioned a couple of men, Moses and Peter, but that's why many men who become Christians are first very weak, living in sin. But then God touches them somehow in their life, and their life changes, and they become powerful, godly people serving God. It's God that does it all. That's the good news of the gospel. If someone is listening right now to this message that Ray and I have shared, you need to understand that you are worth something. Some people may not think well of themselves at all, but God says, you mean everything to me. I love you, and I die for you on the cross to pay for your sin. You are valuable to me. And Jesus shed his blood and suffered on a cross to show us how important we are to him, very important to him. He loves us that much. Well, I know our time is fading away too fast, Ray. Uh, It's a subject that we can only begin to get into, Um, but I'd like to remind everybody to please Be in touch with us. If you have any comments or questions about this message that we just shared, please send us a message right here on Spotify. Be in touch with us. We'd love to hear from you. Any questions, any comments, agree or disagree, just share with us. We'd love to hear from you. You've been very nice to listen to the broadcast, and we thank God for many of you who hear the broadcast. And and in different places as well. And we're blessed by that, and it proves how much God loves us. So please be in touch with us. Share the message of God's love with others about what Jesus did on the cross for all of us. We'd love to hear from you. Please be in touch. Please be with us every week right here on Spotify, on Burlington Cable, as well as in many, many places all over the world. We're on terrestrial radio, meaning AM and FM radio, uh, on stations in Maine and New Hampshire. We are also heard on other podcasts in different places. I can't even uh, remember exactly where we can be heard, but I know that many people do because of Spotify, and other radio stations in different places. So thank you for being with us today. We want you to know Jesus Christ as your Savior. We want you to know the gift of salvation, the gift of forgiveness. The way to know better about these things is to read your Bible. Get to know the Word of God. If you need something, a Bible study, or something like that that would help you grow in the Bible, let us know. There's a way that we could help you. So be in touch with us and send a message to us here. This is Grace Radio. We're here every week, a few days a week, on Spotify here in the Burlington area, as well as many other places. And if you need a church to go to that's a good Bible-believing church, 
we would be glad to help you with that as well. Literature, let us know. We'll find a way for you to get something that would help you in your Bible studies. So please be in touch right here on Grace Radio. Look for the listing here in this area where you're hearing us. And remember, if you're in Maine and New Hampshire, you can hear us on stations there. You can look us up on a computer. Uh, You could, uh, what would you call it, do a search um, for Grace Radio or Amazing Grace or uh, Pastor Frank, and you'll hear from us. And you can um, look at our webpage right here where you're listening to us. So thank you for being with us today on Grace Radio. Please come back. Please be in touch with us as soon as you can. We look forward to it. Ray, any final comments? No, that's it, Pastor. We uh, put in another, <laughs> another half hour or more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've 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 been talking here for forty-one minutes. Yeah. So, <laughs> so thank you, folks, for being with you. We'll look for you next time. Don't go away. Be here with us. We enjoy hearing from you. Bye now. <laughs>